We're talking defense, defense, with a side dish of defense. Defensive side of the ball today for the Gophers football team, along with throwing some cold water on some of these transfer prospects in basketball that Gopher fans think we are going to get. No matter what happens, no matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Uh, Whatever turns out, however it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. And then when it does turn out, good or bad, we're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Let's get it. Let's go. You're listening to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, that intro just gets me going. I'm ready to get talking about the Golden Gophers. And I just need you to know that we are getting started with this podcast, getting it back up, getting it back launched. And I'm loving the interaction with the listeners on Twitter. So be sure to give me a follow. It is at 4KaneRobVideo. That's the number 4KaneRobVideo. And be sure to check out the Lockdown Gophers Twitter page as well. Sooner than later, we are going to have a video portion of this podcast over on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If that's Spotify, subscribe. If that's Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Anywhere else, subscribe. We got to spread the word, get this community building up, and we are going to take off. And with that community, we're going to start a mailbag segment hitting on Thursdays starting next week. So be sure to DM your questions, your topics, your concerns that you would like me to discuss to the Lockdown Gophers Twitter, and we will get those answered. That'll be every Thursday, but this podcast happens every day. So make sure you're tuning in because this is the show where we always continue to row. And speaking of rowing, it is time to get to spring football. As I said, we're talking about defense today, and the first thing I want to hit on is the success that we experienced in 2021 as the Gophers defense went on to become, according to NCAA.com, the Gophers were number three in the country in total defense behind Wisconsin and Georgia. They were number eight in passing yards allowed, number eight in rush defense, And where they actually kind of struggled was in the turnovers. They were tied for 93rd in interceptions and tied for 25th in fumbles recovered. Turnovers are like the offensive equivalent for individual players in touchdowns. So you can't really account for how likely a touchdown is to happen for a player, just like you can't likely account for the number of turnovers a team is going to get year by year. So that stat isn't as worrying, but the fact that we were number three overall, number eight in pass yards allowed, and number eight in rush defense, that is something great to build off of. In the open practice this past Tuesday, newly extended defensive coordinator Joe Rossi was at the press conference in which he discussed how he views this team defensively moving forward. Now, in 2020, he had mentioned how it was a new team, and we aren't going to focus on the struggles the team was coming off of. 
but I'm building and catering to who is in the room now. And for this year, coming off an extremely successful season, he echoed that same sentiment. Coming off of a number three in the country defensive effort, he echoed the same sentiment about how we are not going to focus on the past years. We are going to focus on building and catering to who is in the room now. And let me tell you, I'm impressed with that statement because you know what? A lot of people would toot their own horns or they would, you know, amp up their room, but I think that coming in with that sort of attitude, that's going to go a long way both now and in the long term. If that is the defensive approach that we are building with and creating as the culture and foundation of our defensive side of ball, that's the attitude we're going to build with, I am all for it. So thank you, Joe Rossi. We are looking forward to what you do with the team, especially with how much that defensive side of ball is changing. Let's take a look at the players we lost coming out of this last season. So looking at regular players who played more than 150 snaps in 2021, we're losing Coney Durrett, cornerback. He had 662 snaps. Jack Gibbons at linebacker, 643 snaps. Boye Mafe, defensive end, 435 snaps. Isezi Otomewo, defensive end, 478 snaps. Niles Pinckney, defensive tackle, 433 snaps. Micah Dutredway, 335 snaps. Justice Harris, 390 snaps. Philip Howard, 154 snaps. And Val Martin, 152 snaps. That is a whole lot of regular contributors leaving our defensive side of the ball. The positive part of this whole situation is that we did lose some defensive players to transfer, but none of them were players that were giving us major contributions. We lost Jaquandis Burns, James Gordon, MJ Anderson, and Rashad Cheney. And you know what? We'll suffice without them. You know, best of luck in your careers, but we'll be okay. But the players that we've added coming into our room from the transfer portal. Now that is something to truly be excited about. Now we were winning this week. We got new commitment from Darius Taylor. Still love that commitment. Still on riding high from it. But today we found out Chris Smith, who had committed to us from Harvard, rescinded his commitment and recommitted to Notre Dame. You know, that one hurt. That one was tough. He would have been a great interior lineman for us to plug in right away from the jump and stay competitive, but I still don't think it's a key deal breaker for us because, you know what, I think we have a player on the roster that is truly going to step up and he's younger. It's going to force some of these younger guys into the spotlight in that middle interior lineman position. And you know what, I think this guy is going to step up. We're going to get back to him later in the show, but... Let's talk about those additions. And in those additions, one thing PJ Flex said opening this spring season was that the intention with the players we are taking from the transfer portal is 100% to plug them in early and play them. He wants to use the transfer portal as a way 
to use pieces to put into place and compete for the starting job from the jump. And that also has played an effect on how they've changed their recruiting strategy with younger players. They might allow players to develop a little bit more and not rush to get tons of top end guys if they're not there. If it's not the right fit and we don't have the right top end guys coming in, then they're going to go take those three star recruits that should be four stars. They're going to take those grinders, those guys who put in the work and they're going to let them grow with the program because we've seen firsthand how guys have grown here and how they've found success. And then he's going to take transfers and he's going to plug them in right away to compete while those guys are developing. And that is a genius plan. That is a great way to see the transfer portal with how prevalent it has become in the NCAA today. So I love to hear that. But let's talk about those transfers coming in. We got Lorenz Sergers from Vanderbilt. He's a defensive end, five technique, and the one thing that P.J. Fleck raved on was his unbelievable work ethic. He was drawing rave reviews from Coach Fleck about how hard he works, and he was genuinely excited when talking about surgers. So that is one piece that we're really going to look forward to, and he's coming off the end. So, I mean, that'll help step into place for the role that Gopher draft prospect Boye Mafe is leaving behind. So that'll be a great piece to add in. On top of that, we have Darnell Jeffries from Clemson. He was brought in after Coach Fleck inquired from Pinckney about how he felt about the kid. And he literally flat out said, if Pinckney wouldn't have given him the reviews that he did, we wouldn't have gone after him. So that's positive to hear because Pinckney was a good rotational player and a good player on the defensive side of ball for us. So you love to hear that. On top of that, he's played in the games that matter. He played in 15 games in the 2019 season for Clemson as a red shirt freshman, and that was a team that went all the way to the championship. Now granted, they lost to LSU, and rightfully so, because that team was phenomenal, but he has experience in those big things. He knows what we're looking to do, and he's been where we want to be. So that experience alone is going to go a long way, but also you have the stamped certified true work work ethic dog mentality that he got from Pinckney. So look forward to that. But the two that I am actually really intrigued by coming in is Beanie Bishop, a cornerback from Western Kentucky, and Ryan Stapp from the FCS level at Abilene Christian, both cornerbacks. And I think that they're going to step into pretty significant roles really quickly. Now, Beanie Bishop was a Conference USA first team this past season, and he was also a conference honorable mention in the kick return game. So Beanie Bishop in 2021 had 43 tackles, six for loss, four PBUs with three interceptions, and one of those interceptions was for a touchdown. On top of that, he had 676 return yards on 28 kicks. So he's athletic. He He's proven it at the D1 level, and he's looking to make the jump. And it's the perfect time to make the jump, especially to the larger conference and to our team. Because Coney Durr leaving allows him to kind of step up and fill that void. And I think between him and Ryan Stapp, we're really going to see a lot of significant time played between the two of them to try and fill that role. And Ryan Stapp is no slouch of his own either. 
Last season, he had 44 tackles and a forced fumble in 10 games, and he was a freshman All-America honorable mention as a freshman in 2019. So both those guys, I'm looking forward to seeing them on the field. And we're going to talk about not only the class of 2022 guys that we have coming in, but we're going to try to take a look at what this defensive roster and rotation could look like. That's coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at Athletic Greens, because personally, I wanted better gut health. I've got a wedding coming up, you know, I want to feel better about myself, and on top of that, I hadn't been eating very well, so... I wanted to try out this product because not only did it have better gut health, but it also gives you more energy and boosts your immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one scoop, your body is absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And so what I do personally is I wake up, I take Athletic Greens, and I get my workout in. And then I go to work and I come and podcast. So I need the energy. And what's great is it's friendly to all lifestyles. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it's friendly to all of that so anyone can really try it. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your own health and it's a cheaper habit than the coffee or cold brew that you're going and buying at Starbucks or Caribou. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's jump in and talk about some of these class of 2022 guys on the defensive side of ball, what our expectations are for them coming into this season, and then let's dive in and give a little thoughts on what that defensive rotation could look like this season heading in and coming off of a top five overall defensive year. Now our 2022 draft class included eight guys on the defensive side of ball. Two of them are four-star D linemen, Anthony Smith and Trey Bixby of Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Now Trey was the number one prospect in the state and he's staying home right here. That's what you like to see. That's what we want to continue to see moving forward. And he is officially graduated, but he's not an early enroll. He's going to focus on recovering from a medical condition that he had this past year and a half. And so he's using the rest of this spring and summer to bounce back from that and push himself and work and grind each day to make sure he's ready for fall camp. Now, when it comes to expectations for those two, I don't see them jumping in and contributing a lot or possibly at all in this next season. Like Fleck had mentioned, and I had briefly brought up earlier, we're planning on using the transfer portal to get guys in who can contribute right away and compete for a starting job. So unless these true freshmen absolutely pop off in fall camp, 
I don't anticipate seeing very many of them play, especially if they haven't early enrolled and gone through the spring program. It's going to be a lot of information coming at them at once, a lot of catching up to do, and no matter if you're a four-star or a three-star, and even some five-stars, you're not always going to jump in from the get-go and contribute. And I think that both of these guys are probably going to need a year to learn the system, develop, and learn from these guys coming in as transfers and some of their returning vets as well. Outside of those two, we have five of our guys coming in that are early enrollees that are enrolled in the spring program right now. And that is beneficial to the max. That means these guys are getting a grasp of the lingo, of the schemes, of the formations, of the terminology. I guess that's lingo. But it's so nice I had to say it twice. Now those guys are Coleman Bryson, Ryland Kelly, Maverick Baranowski, Hayden Schwartz, and Tariq Watson. Those guys have some killer names, great football names. Again, I'm not really expecting a lot from our class to contribute right away. But two guys I would keep my eyes on over the spring camp, over fall camp, and potentially maybe could work their way into a rotation or get some minutes, some play, sometime next year would be the cornerbacks. Ryland Kelly and Tariq Watson are are two cornerbacks coming in. And honestly, depending on how they flash and how quickly they grasp the defensive scheme, I think that they could, barring how the rest of our roster plays out. Now, would I bet on them contributing? No, probably not. But they're good names to keep an eye on. And the best name by far in that group is Maverick Baranowski. And I'm not talking about talent-wise because I haven't seen too much of his tape quite yet. I am literally talking about his name, Maverick Baranowski. That is a baller name. Keep your eye on him. He'll be on the linebacker position. And that is a name that we'll have to stay tuned for and keep an eye on. So as we've already established, I don't really think these class of 22 guys are going to be contributing right away, if at all, this season. So then let's talk about what we are expecting to see or what I am expecting to see on the defensive side of ball as far as who is going to be contributing. Now at the linebacker position, we have our team captain and Big Ten honorable mention, Mariano Sorimarin. And he's going to be back. He's going to be starting. I mean, that's something that you can just lock in right away. He had 85 tackles last year, which was second on the team along with two forced fumbles and an interception. So go ahead and lock him in at that linebacker position, but then also lock in Braylon Oliver. He started 7 out of 13 games last year, 24 tackles, one pass breakup, and one forced fumble, but he has a lot of returning experience that's going to be valuable, especially for a defense that was one of the top in the nation and lost a lot of contributors. So you can lock those two in as starting linebackers. I would book that. But one name that really popped out to me on the spring roster for 2022 was Josh Ani, who is back with the Gophers after coming back from an injury. He previously played safety, but he's now listed at linebacker on the spring roster. And that's super intriguing to me because it gives you flexibility to not only have the speed of a safety or a D-back, but someone that can cover 
And that can't be stressed enough is his ability to cover. Now, do I think he's going to be a full-time starter or someone that's in there constantly? Probably not. But it is a very nice piece to have when it comes to flexibility and rotating in for certain packages. Now, on the D-line, like we've already said, these transfers are brought in and expected to play and compete for starting spots. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Darnell Jeffries in that interior defensive line position and then you can lock in Trill Carter as the other interior defensive starter at least who started 11 of 12 games he played in last season with 21 tackles five tackles for loss and a sack he also was the 2019 scout team player of the year and those scout team guys are dogs so the fact that he was popping off on one of our best statistical years that we had had as a whole team lock it in But what I want to go to is a rotational player that I think is going to step up and get some time. And this is why I am not afraid of the loss of Chris Smith is Devin Eastern. Devin Eastern is the highest defensive lineman to ever commit to the University of Minnesota when he committed in 2020. He is 6'6", 290, and he was the 16th rated recruit at his position in the nation that year. I am expecting big things from Devin Eastern, homegrown, Shakopee, Minnesota, and I think he's going to step up to the challenge. PJ Fleck mentioned that he is literally the definition of unrequired work. He's a dog. He's a worker. He's a grinder, and he is going to step up when we need him to step up. Book it. I mean, if I have to look back at a take in a year and see what I got right and what I got wrong, I will be willing to bet that Devin Easter is a guy I am going to be right on when he gets his opportunity. Flipping to the outside lineman, lock in Thomas Rush. He had five starts last year, 31 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, and five and a half sacks. Definitely lock him in. He brings that pressure, the edge rush, and quarterbacks are going to fear this guy. On top of it's his last season, they didn't bring him back to sit on the bench. So lock him in. And then lock in Lorenz, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who is going to be playing opposite of Thomas Rush and coming off of the other edge. Those guys are all locks to me. One last name on the edge that we might see come up and get some minutes is Ja Joyner, who came on late in the bowl game and got his first career sack. Now, looking at the DBs, I've already mentioned Beanie Bishop. I've already mentioned Ryan Stapp. So those guys we're not going to touch on here, but imagine they're going to get snaps. They're going to get time because we brought the transfers in for that reason. Now, two guys that expect to be in those starting roles from myself is Terrell Smith. He had 280 snaps last year, 16 tackles, two pass breakups, one interception, and one fumble recovery. But another one I think is going to start with him is Justin Wally. He was a 24-7 true freshman All-American team, 29 tackles, 7 pass breakups, 1 forced fumble, 1 interception, 2 fumble recoveries, and he started his final 6 games. Talk about a player stepping up when you need them to. It's Wally's world. We're just living in it. Final two names I'll bring up on the D-back side is Miles Fleming, who played in the first few games of his redshirt freshman year last year. He played in the Ohio State game. He played in the Colorado game, but then he got hurt. So I expect that he'll at least get some shot in the rotation once again. And then finally, lock in Tyler Newbin, 
all Big Ten honorable mention, guaranteed rate bull, defensive MVP, 52 tackles, and a sack, three interceptions, two PBUs. Yeah, lock it in. And that's the defense. There might be a step back, but there will not be a fall off. Now we're going to close with some basketball, and I'm going to throw some cold water on some of these transfer thoughts that Gopher fans are having and give you a couple options that are more realistic. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. I mean, I'm looking at Bet Online for tonight's NBA games, and the Phoenix Suns are underdogs against the Clippers tonight. Yeah, don't mind if I throw a little bit down on that one because the Phoenix Suns are red hot and you want to go over to betonline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So be sure to head over to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Gophers fans, it's time for the cold hard truth. I'm sorry, but Dawson Garcia and Kerwin Walton are not coming to Minnesota. Yes, I said that. They're not coming to Minnesota. Would I like them to come to Minnesota? Absolutely, I would love for them to come to Minnesota. I think they would both be stars on the Gophers team, and they could bring us right back into Big Ten, at least competitiveness. I won't say contention, but we would be in the thick of it competing. I think we would be way more competitive with those two just joining Jamison Battle than the entire roster we had last year. And that's no shade to the roster we had last year. Much love to that crew. But Dawson and Kerwin are more threats when it comes to players on the floor. Now, they're not coming to town. And I want to stress that because we play this time-old, age-old game of getting our hopes up in Minnesota over unrealistic possibilities. I mean, come on. Both of those players haven't even entered the transfer portal. Kerwin Walton, his freshman year, he led UNC in three-pointers and three-point percentage. He also set the UNC freshman record for highest three-point percentage with at least 53 pointers made. That previous record was held by former T-Wolf Rashad McCants in 2002, fun fact. But he also started every game after December except for senior night in 2020. He was ninth in the ACC in threes per game, made three or more threes 12 times on the year, was second on the team in assist-to-turnover ratio, aka the guy is a menace from the three-point line. Yes, I know people think he's going to enter the transfer portal because in 2021, his minutes went from 21 a game to 13 a game. He saw a heavy drop-off in nearly every statistical category, and on top of that, he really didn't get hardly any time in their NCAA tournament run where they decided to play with basically five, sometimes six players. He hasn't entered the portal, but if he does, yes, the Gophers need to go all out on bringing him to town and making him a prominent feature in the offense and the system, but it's not likely. I mean, y'all, he just was in the national championship game with his team. 
Unless he wants to be the guy, I don't see him entering the transfer portal when he hasn't made. North Carolina, especially as of recent years, has really been building up and developing their players, getting away from the one and done, which means Kerwin Walton's time for Carolina is coming. They used him as a freshman, and his time is coming. Now, similar case with Garcia, also in North Carolina. Garcia's case is a little bit stranger. Maybe he has a little bit better of a possibility, but the reason he left the program mid-year was because of a family issue back home. I believe it was a medical issue with a family member back home, so he needed to be back home closer to Minnesota. I anticipate he'll likely stay at UNC. I mean, he was a rotational piece that was getting used and averaging nine points a game when he was playing with them. So clearly they needed depth, especially in this tournament run, and he might have been that depth they really needed. They're going to push for him to stay. Coach Hubert Davis is not going to let him just walk unless he needs to be home or needs to play closer to home because of that medical family situation still. So that is a very slim possibility, but it isn't something I'm going to hold my breath for and bank on. Realistic transfer options for us is Sam Sessoms, point guard over at Penn State, possibly Cam Spencer, a guard from Loyola, Maryland, and the guy we absolutely need to go and get, Michael Jones, over at Davidson, originally from Woodbury, Minnesota. The Gophers, I believe, have reached out to all of these players. Jones averaged 11.8 points, 3.6 rebounding. But like I had said in an episode earlier this week, Michael Jones was 42% shooter from deep last year and 40% over his entire career in the NCAA. We need shooters to space the floor for Jameson Battle so he can do what he does best, which is isolate and create shots off of the drive. If he can drive and kick, it's going to free up his game so much, especially losing Peyton Willis, who is our only other creator on the floor that could create by himself. So we need to get shooting and the Gophers seem to be really looking at guards this offseason, so I'm going to be diving into more research for that and bringing you more information on these guys, especially if they officially commit. And if you really want to stack up on hometown transfers, we should go get Badgers, ex-Badgers player, Ben Carlson from Eastridge. I mean, the Badgers have a history of taking all of our guys and using them in competing and winning Big Ten games. I mean... He clearly isn't happy with the opportunity he was getting there. He's a baller. He's from the same class as Jalen Suggs, Dawson Garcia, Kerwin Walton, and Dane Danger. I mean, he was, as a high school prospect, ranked above Kerwin Walton. They can both shoot the ball. He might not be as efficient as a three-point shooter, but he is a talented guy who is actually in the portal. So those are the guys I'm thinking we should try and get... That's going to do it for today, a little bit longer on the podcast, but I hope you're okay with that. I hope you are enjoying this. You're listening to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Pods, on anywhere you get your podcasts. And please, while you're there, leave us a five-star review. If you have friends that are Gophers fans, and I know you do, tell them about the podcast. 
We're going to grow this community so it is your number one place to go when it comes to listening to Minnesota Gophers sports. Next week, we're going to get into current basketball commits joining the Gophers basketball programs. Tomorrow, we're going to recap the Frozen Four matchup and hopefully be talking about our Gophers hockey team moving to the national championship. We are a daily podcast here at the Lockdown Golden Gophers podcast because we are the show that always continues to row. This is your host, Kane Rob, signing off. I will see you tomorrow.